Hello travellers, and welcome to Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn, Season 2, Episode 6, Curious Encounters. As you should hopefully be aware, we have a Patreon. For some folks though, a long-term commitment isn't viable, even at a dollar a month. If that's you, but you want to support the show, we also have a coffee account. You can send us a donation at ko-fi.com forward slash darkdragonsin. And rest assured that all received funds will go straight to supporting our ongoing production costs. If that's not an option for you, please consider taking the moment to share our Patreon and coffee pages with your friends and followers on social media. Tag us on Twitter at darkdragonsin and we'll share it straight from you. With all that out of the way, this week we have the whole crew. Vinny as Murren, Nina as Mix, Liz as Toby, Tom as Urbach, and I'm Ray, your host and Game Master. And I play just about everyone else. Good evening! If this week's practice run is anything to go by, tonight will be exciting! Let's get you seated, shall we? Baldur's Gate is a city of many faces hidden from sight and ruled from dark places. When dark deeds are done and hands in power point fingers, the clever folk run, but heroes will linger. Murren, Mix, and the Doomsinger were going to go to a place known as the Three Old Kegs, and that is a tavern in the lower part of the city which you are currently in. Urbach, Toby and Scraw, however, are making their way to the Kalim Drool Emporium, where they believe, thanks to a tip from Oz, they will be meeting someone from the guild. Or at least that's what they've been led to believe. Now, you don't know anything about the Kalim Drool Emporium. So what's your plan? Find some people and ask them about it. <laughs> Good lord, some common sense on the scales of justice. What's the world's coming to? What sort of people are you looking for? Is there anyone just in general around? There are people everywhere. You're in a city. People got places to go. Someone who's not in too much of a hurry, but at the same time doesn't look like someone who would take us for a ride. You find the skeeziest looking eight-year-old. You're walking down the road and this kid... He's very obviously a street urchin. He's a half-orc. He's half-tiefling and half-orc. And so he has very small horns that protrude out of the top of his head. And he has a very pronounced lower tusk. And he's just leaning back against the wall, dressed in typical street urchin attire. And you see him and you think, oh, he looks like a likely chap. He, he's quite clearly paying attention to people as they walk past. I hobble on over. I've got my big bat back out in the moment. So you wander over to this child, and he immediately puts his hands in his pockets. Whoosh up, Gav. Got, got your spare copper? Spare copper? I may do. I've not had breakfast this morning, Gav. Do you happen to know where is he? I'm, I'm starving. Me and me mates, we're all very hungry. In that case, um, how do you propose the trade? A silver for directions to the Kaleem Jewel Emporium. His eyes widen for an instant before they narrow. Make it two silver and you got yourself a deal. That's a shame. I've not really got much else, I'm afraid. Directions don't come cheap. Sorry. And he starts He starts walking off down the street. Hmm. Well, say you, Toby. Um, I can empty up two silver. That's fine. As you're saying this, as he's walking away, he turns and he stops, turns on his heel and goes, Look, you've wasted my time now. Fee's gone up. It's three. 
tell you what, I'll take two from you and one from him. And you notice as he's having this conversation, the slur and the lisp from his tusks are slowly vanishing. We got ourselves a deal. I'll take you where you want to go, or I could just show you. Mm, I want to insight check this child. Seems on the up and up. He looks like he knows exactly where the Kalimjul Emporium is, in fact. Mm, well, I'm not exactly hurting for it. What about you, Herbeck? One from me, one from each of us then. that sound good. No, two, two from me, one from you. I start digging around in my pockets for two silver. The kid holds his palm out expectantly. I'm going to wait until he puts one in his palm before I start rooting for anything. Yeah, I put the two silver in the kid's hand. He stares at you passively, Urbach. I gently reach in a pocket, pull out the silver, and drop it with the rest of the coins. As you bring your hand out of your pocket with a silver in your palm, you see him relax a little bit, and the other hand, which was tucked behind his back, relaxes and drops to his side as he takes the silver from you. Right then, Callum Jewel Emporium. Yeah, well, that'll be in uh, Little Kalisham, that'll. Uh, it's actually outside the city, in the uh, the greater part of, you know, the real Baldur's Gate, outside the gate. Mm. Did you... Did you want me to lead you there, or...? Uh, yes, please. He counts the silver in his hand again. Yeah, all right. Follow me, then. And he leads you towards Basilisk Gate of Baldur's Gate. There are many gates within Baldur's Gate. They are each named after legendary creatures, and this one is the Basilisk Gate. As you are making your way across the city, we will switch over to Marin Mix and the Doomsinger, who are, I imagine, just outside now, the front door of the Three Kegs. Mix, you are leading the way, seeing as Marin has never been here before. Do you have any instructions for him? So, first thing Mix is going to do as she gets close to the door is look down at herself and brush off any dust and make sure Darconius is comfy in her hood or on her shoulder. Where is Darconius explicitly? We're going to say he's sleeping in the back of my hood. Maybe his tail is slightly curled up over my neck so that he's extra secure. Okay, Marin. I'm not fond of this guy. He seemed very, I don't know, too good to speak to a pseudo-dragon. So I don't know what he's going to be like with us. So brace yourself. Understood. There's something I didn't mention to the party. So I'm going to tell you. Right. But I might have caused a little bit of kerfuffle when I was last here. When you took on uh, Dark Avenues' form? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, 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 it wasn't much. I mean, I mean, we're going to push the doors open and step on in. You push the door open. As you walk in, you see that there is a bugbear in an apron and a fine cotton shirt. And he is doing his best to tidy up the mess from clear disturbance that took place earlier. As you walk into the room, he turns and says, oh, uh, I'll, I'll be right with you. Oh, no rush. We're, we're okay. You look around the tavern and you see that there is actually only one occupied table in the tavern now. And it's towards the back of the room. Not in the shadows or anything, just middle back. And it is occupied by a halfling who is wearing a long cloak that is clearly far too long for his body and a big floppy brimmed wizard hat. I tug at Marin. Marin, Marin, that's him. Brilliant. You talk of Marin as you're saying this, and he's already looking at you, smiling and waving. What? I I think he noticed us. I guess. Yeah, I'll make my way over to their table. Uh, you say their table. He's alone. Suspicious. Very suspicious. Ah, you made it. Well, I'm I'm very glad to hear that you were released so suddenly. Yeah, 
Yeah, so were we. Funny how that happened. But I'm grateful. He smiles warmly at you. Please, please sit. My name is Imbrilin. Imbrilin Skund. And you are? You have yet to be formally introduced. I'm Mix. And this points to the tail leading to the body of the pseudo-dragon. This is Darkonius, who you, you might have met. Yes, I believe we met earlier. He was confused about being an Athamar, he jokes, as hearing you speak is very obviously aware that you were somehow in possession of it. When you introduce yourself as Mix, he says, Invictus, I assume. How would you know that? He raises a brow at you like, how do you think I know that? You're clearly related to Trail Invictus. More importantly, this is one of my comrades and friends who travels with me. This is Marin. A pleasure, I'm sure. Pleased to meet you. He offers his hand. I take it. I suppose I should be thanking you for our release. No, no, not at all. You should be thanking me for this. And as you sit down, taking his hand, you turn and see that Ed is already bringing drinks and food. You notice that the hand he has offered you is heavily adorned with jewellery. And a lot of it's very ornate looking. Very distinctly decorative. And he looked at the three of you, because the Doomsinger is also there. And this is Doomsinger. Yes, I am the Doomsinger. It's a pleasure to meet you also. And he drags a chair over from one of the other tables as the barman is bringing food. Make mine a wine, please. Very well, sir. The Doomsinger gets comfortable and starts eating. Keeps himself out of the way. Counter to his personality. So, uh, where are the rest of you? Um, they had other things they needed to get done. I see. Did they not get my note? They did, but, um... Then they simply do not care about Baldur's Gate. No, you see, you weren't the only person with a time limit. What do you mean by that? Well, your note said that you'd be here until four, correct? Yes. Well, there were others who weren't going to be sticking around for as long. Who, uh, who has been in touch with you, might I ask? You've not been in the city long. Why do you ask? Well... You know that I work for someone of great importance, and I can only assume that to snub such a greeting, such an invitation, would take a great deal of importance also. When my master is grievously offended later, I wish to be able to explain to him why they are not here. Uh, uh, please understand that we, we mean no offence. Time is... Well then, you won't mind letting us know who they are seeing, then, surely. And you can see that he's smiling, but it's a big, teethy smile. He's straining at the limits of his patience. I don't like this person. Did you whisper that to me? Yes. Go ahead and roll a stealth check. No! <laughs> With disadvantage, because you're sitting right in fuck in front of him. Why are you being so mean today? In response, I just whisper back at her, I think he's okay. Well... Perhaps you've arrived at the wrong place. Perhaps this wasn't the table you were looking for. And you see, he's saying this as Ed is putting the food down and catches what he's saying and freezes. Wait, 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 wait. Imberlin is still smiling, but it is no longer pleasant. Y you gave us this note and Mix pulls it out of her robes. Yes, I sent you the note. And you've been nothing but discourteous since you arrived, so I'm rather wondering why we sent it to you at all. I'm wondering why you sent it to us. We thought perhaps you might be interested in who killed your sister. Perhaps we were mistaken. Well, no, I... I am, but, you know, in case you've never lost a sister, this is not the easiest thing. Quite frankly, I'd rather not think about it. Well, Mix, I, I think we should trust him. Mix trusts Murrin, so... 
by extension, she she'll trust. He doesn't seem pacified. Well, he's rubbing Mix the wrong way. It's not going well. <laughs> You're rubbing him the wrong way, and he has more power in this situation than you do. <laughs> Because you need something, and he doesn't, really. What can we do to make this easier for you? I rather think we've got off on the wrong foot. Should we start over? Perhaps we should. Okay. I want to help, and I want to know what happened to my sister. I want to know why. If we can help this town, then I want to do that too. And I wish to know where the rest of your party are. There are many people within this city that my lord would not consider friends. I must ensure the safety of our discussion. I cannot continue without this information. I understand. And Mix looks at Myrna again. So, the others. Um, does the guild mean anything to you? I'm afraid it does, yes. Why? In a good way or in a bad way? In a way that is a way. It means something. Why? Well, that's where the others are going. I see. You have to understand, as people who've not been here very long, we we don't know anyone. We don't have allegiance to anyone. We're just trying to figure things out. I understand your position, certainly. I mean, if you know of a reason why they shouldn't... Oh, there are several. There are a lot of reasons that they should not be involved with the guild. I rather think they've been misled. But perhaps my lord can see to helping them in some way. I had planned to keep you here for drinks and food, but uh, perhaps we should escalate this. We should all leave now, go to my master's quarters, so that we can discuss things further. If you believe they've misled, shouldn't we try and stop their meeting? Not necessarily. Come, follow me. Mix looks at Murrin, waiting for approval or... I'm already getting up. Okay. <laughs> you get the sense he doesn't give a fuck about your friends. Ultimately, he doesn't necessarily think they are at risk, but he obviously doesn't necessarily approve of you associating with the guild. But on the basis that you've only just got here and you were just looking for someone who's offering you help, he's like, well, they're probably not going to help you. You get the sense that... He feels like maybe it would be useful if the guild trusted some of you. We'll see. He begins to lead you out of the tavern, and it's just a short distance from the tavern in the lower city to the border that essentially makes for the edges of the upper city. And as you move into the upper city, the difference is immediately apparent. The buildings are much nicer. There's a lot more guards, both from the watch and from the Black Claw. You, in fact, can't go more than a few streets without seeing at least one of them on patrol. And every time that you do, you see the guardsman acknowledge Imberlin, and he nods and smiles to them, and you continue on your way until you arrive completely unchallenged at a rather splendid-looking home. Imberlin walks up to the door, opens it, and walks in. Mix looks at the doors and you can tell she's still not sure and finds all of this very strange. The fact that, yeah, things are so much nicer and given the limited time that they've had here, this doesn't look anything like the city to her. But she continues and follows after. I assume Doomsinger's with us. Oh yeah, Doomsinger got up. He he took his wine with him. Right, yeah, to go. Thinking nothing of it. Oh, a wasted wine is a terrible one. He is certainly with you and he follows Mix inside the house also. 
And I assume Murren goes on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will cut back to Urbach, Toby, and Scraw, who are being led across the lower city towards the Basilisk Gate by the young street urchin, who has introduced himself as Urk. Urk the urchin. <laughs> hey, I see you reaching for the skip button, but listen, there are a ton of fantastic shows out there. Here's one you could be missing out on right now. Uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. We gotta jump in. I'm sorry. What do you do? What do you mean jump in? You're gonna do a wild jump. You're gonna kill I us all. I don't have a choice. Oh, I'm no, sorry. This isn't good. You know what happened last time? It, we're not. I gotta go. Sorry. Oh, hold God. on, guys. We're taking fire. Just land us near a hospital. Hold on. Like what you hear? This is a small sample of the action and excitement that await you every Monday on the Chaotic Goodness Podcast. Download us on your favorite podcast app and join us for space opera, action, adventure, and lots and lots of console cleaning. Let the chaos begin. See now, was that so bad? And now, on with the show. He continues to lead you towards the Basilisk Gate. He's just making idle chatter. He leads you past one building. That is the um the building where the first ever uh, coppers were formed, and um that building over there is where old Nana Jenkins murdered her husband and killed seven cats with a hammer. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, she apparently the cats cheated on her. I'm not really sure the details. It's they're a bit muggy. Um, he's telling you history about the city as he walks around. He's like, oh, and uh, in that house lives a uh, devil. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all there is. A, a devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, I think um, there was a wizard or something and he summoned him and uh, the devil took over his lease when he died. Um, so he just lives there now. How much of this do I think is bullshit? <laughs> I don't know. How much of this does Toby think is bullshit? Roll insight. I'll actually just start by ignoring him, to be fair. Oh, for God's sake, it's a 10. Natural 20. Toby is drinking it up. <laughs> Every time. Good devil, really? I'd like to see that. Every time I insight check someone, Toby is just like, yeah, I believe that. That sounds true. What does Urbach think about the tale of the devil? <laughs> He's actually not really paying attention. He's kind of on edge. Because he's in the lower part of the city now, and he's mm-hmm, he just keep going out for Ali, so we're making sure this kid doesn't lure him anywhere. And as a result, he's not actually paying much attention to what the kid is saying. True to his word, the child does actually lead you to the Basilisk Gate. As you get closer, you begin to see that there is a very large crowd of people of all sorts of different races. However, at a glance, it's very obvious that most of these people are either manual laborers or people who clearly don't have jobs. But there is a lot of them, and they don't appear to be rioting or anything. They're just standing around, waiting by the gate. And as you get closer, it appears that there's a queue. Huh. Urk mm. turns. Right, um, this is where I leave you. I can't, I'm, I'm not allowed out of the city. Mum, mum gets mad. But yeah, once you're out in the, the outer city limits, it's... Uh, Callum Sham, little Callum Sham, you want to be heading towards? I'm sure you can find someone with deep pockets like those. You'll you'll find a. G- <laughs> Thanks. Sure. No problem. Huh. All these people. Uh, Toby, as Urk walks away, you catch him sticking his hand in your pocket as he brushes past you. I grab his hand. He turns and smiles broadly. He says, "Can't blame a fella for trying." Mm-hmm. I figured you wouldn't miss it. Off with you. Let's go of whatever was in his hand and scampers away like see how long the queue is at all 
Ooh. Is it just a cue to leave? It's not a line. There's a large crowd milling around. There are a lot of people here. It's quite a long line. At least 30 people, but it seems like it's moving really slowly. Can I see what the holdup is if I try and see above the crowd? You crane your head up over the crowd and it seems like at the gates there is what looks to be like a couple of tents are set up to one side of the path and just in front of, headed towards the tents, before you reach them, there are some large tables either side of the path and they appear to be guarded by the Black Claw and the Black Claw are in groups, individually talking with every single person that's going through. Occasionally you see them taking something or being given something and then accepting it. And occasionally someone puts down their bag to show what's in there and then they're taken into one of the tents and they come out looking extremely disgruntled. But they are then allowed to go through the gate. Hmm. Would it be reasonable for me to assume that this is happening because of what happened to Charles? I mean, you could certainly assume that. There's nothing necessarily to indicate one way or the other from this distance. You'd probably have to talk to people. You get the sense that people in this queue are not particularly happy about the situation either way. Hmm. Do you want to just wait it out? I'm going to tap a guy on the shoulder in front of me and just ask what's what's going on what's this queue for the gentleman in front of you is actually uh, a dragonborn he turns around and he's quite hefty looking but he's also just a little bit dirty as though he's been working maybe he's a street cleaner or something I don't know the tolls get bigger all the time it's ridiculous if you ask me we don't know nothing but can't do anything about it just gotta wait it out frozen is it a fee a toll or something yeah toll uh, just turn to Toby. So how deep do you think our pockets will go for this? Well, given the uh, fact that we're in the lower part of the city, I don't expect the toll will be that high if people are managing to go in and out. As you say this, the dragonborn in front of you who's turned away just goes... <laughs> or I may be mistaken. He turns and looks back over his shoulder again. They want to bleed us dry. They don't give a shit about no one. They just want to line their pockets. Well, they're all mercenaries. You don't want to use that word around here. I don't like to be called that. I'll take that to heart. Try not to cause trouble. You'll only hurt yourself. I just shuffle up to Toby a second, trying to whisper so that no one hears. No one here is really paying too much attention to you, except possibly this dragonborn guy. So shuffle away from him and beckon Toby and Scrawl. Scrawl wanders over. I follow. Well, if they search us, they're going to find, as well as my specimens, which I'm particularly keen on, they may find any articles of interest that we all have. Do we really want them to have a route for our pockets? Hmm. I guess what we've really got to ask is, is that worth what we could possibly find out from these people who were sending a not very stealthy goblin after us? Well, we're, we're also the scales of justice. We're, we're heroes. Maybe, maybe they wouldn't charge us at all. Actually, that's a good point. We did beat those weird flesh monsters, so maybe they'll recognize us and just let us through. Yeah, I mean, we could rag about that and go we, we, we're going to Worms Rock to see your chief that's probably much better bet than my idea though we may have to wait in line I don't really want to antagonise anyone here well if we're going to have to end up heading outside of the city to get to Worms Rock anyway then we might as well just stay here because one way or another we're going to have to deal with this queue mm. eventually might as well do it now I wouldn't draw too much attention to it though the last thing we want is people to think we've been given too much preferential treatment. Well, is it... As long as I don't rifle through my specimens, I am perfectly happy. I'm, I'm sure we can think of something. As you are having this conversation off to the side, 
you begin to hear a great fuss towards the front of the queue, and you see that there is a guard who is wearing the black claw armor. He is a tall dwarf, and he is standing near the entrance of one of the tents, and he's pointing at one of the people who is in the line. He's an elderly tiefling. He doesn't look like he's got much on him. He looks quite thin. He's not wearing particularly well-put-together clothes, and the dwarf is pointing at him and shouting something. A couple of the black claw guards move in towards this tiefling gentleman and they start pulling him away from the road to one of the tents. You see the people that are nearby at the front of the queue start getting distressed and moving forwards as though they're about to protest and the rest of the guards that are there quickly form up and form a line to prevent the line from moving and and people quickly settle down but the line looks as though it's not going to be moving forwards for a little bit. Can we hear anything that was being shouted or said? At this distance, you can't hear what was being said, no, but there was. it was very obvious that the crowd around this situation were very distressed about what was going on. I, against my better judgment, try to make my way towards the front of the crowd to try and find out what's going on. You sort of jostle your way past people, and the majority of people here are also craning their necks to try and see what was happening. Scraw immediately follows suit and walks behind you in the path that you're creating through these people. I shuffle along. So you all manage to shuffle through the crowd and you get closer to the front. People are mostly generally complaining at this point. Oh, come on. We just want to get to our homes. And the guards are looking at one another and just stay calm, please. Stay calm. Be patient. We will get the situation resolved as soon as we can and we'll get you all processed. And we will get you all to your, and he looks with a sneer, homes. The lead guard in this situation is a hobgoblin. Proudly wearing the black claw armor. We'll, we'll, let, we'll get you all processed as soon as we can. Just please remain calm, patient. Just need to take care of the situation. And we can go about your business. Get you home as soon as we're able. Very sorry for the inconvenience. Please have your bags ready for presentation. And when he says this, a few people go, Ah, oh, for fucks! Oh, just... Hmm. What exactly is the problem? Citizens, please. The situation is being taken care of. You do not need to worry yourselves. Just prepare your bags for inspection. And we will get you through the toll gate as soon as we are able. Well, I'm kind of worried about that old gentleman you just manhandled into a tent. You do not need to worry about anybody, sir. We are handling the situation. Sure. I'm just going to shuffle up behind Scraw and Toby. I think we could be here a while. Do you think it's worth trying to invoke Lieutenant Ogda's name and her invitation? I mean, yeah, it could be worth a try. I'm not exactly enamorous with the rest of the people here, though. Hmm. Very well. Uh... I head on over to the lead guard. As you step out of the line, he says, Please, sir. Again, he's putting up one hand. Please step back. You need to wait until you are called forward. We're not yet ready to process any more passes through. I do apologize. I'm a representative of the Scales of Justice. We had an invitation from Lieutenant Ogda. Marshal Ogda. My apologies. The Scales who? What? And he looks to his cohorts. You know anything about this? This shrug. Otherwise known as the people who dealt with those two monsters earlier? The incident at uh, Trail's speech earlier. Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd heard. Um, I didn't hear anything about Marshal Ogda saying anything. What? Um, 
Come with me. And he gestures to the three of you, and then he gestures to his men as, keep everybody in line, and they all form up again behind him. He gestures you over to one side by the tables, and he indicates for you to come around them and follow him into one of the tents. Yeah, I follow him. Oh, we follow. When you walk into the tent, you see the elderly tiefling man is sitting in a chair in front of a small makeshift desk, and you can see that he hasn't been beaten or anything, but you can see he's very visibly upset, and behind the desk is a very thin, tall-looking dwarf, and it's quite clearly the same dwarf that you saw earlier. He looks up. What's the meaning of this? I've got business to attend to. I cannot be seen. Who are these? And the guardsman tells him, you know, these are the scales of justice, blah, 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 blah. I, uh, I see. What, what can I do for you? We have an invitation from Marshal Ogda to head to Worms Rock. Right, right. Uh, I've not heard anything about that. Mm. Do you have any, uh, any paperwork? I do apologise. Um, we don't, I'm afraid. Right. And um, we're happy to wait if we could contact our compatriots and have them provide some paperwork or some kind of identification for you. Hmm. Well, if you uh, if you want to see the the marshal, tell you what, we can speed things up a bit. Um, we usually enact a toll at the gate, and you see him doing the numbers in his head. It might be uh three gold each. You know, to compensate for the lack of uh, paperwork. Hmm. I mean, that's fair enough. Perfectly acceptable. And he smiles broadly, scribbles something on a piece of paper, rips it off, walks over to you, rolls it up, hands it. This will be a, a writ of passage. Nanthangle is my name. And he offers his hand to you, Toby. I um, reluctantly shake it. And as I'm shaking it, I'm like, just out of curiosity, what has this gentleman done to have him dragged off like that? He was refusing to pay the toll. So very important, tolls. Keep the city running. So this old tiefling uh-huh. doesn't look like he has a lot of money, does he? Nope. He looks like he has nothing to his name, and that's perhaps why he's in this tent. How much is the toll that this gentleman needs to pay? It's all the same for everybody, especially if you've not got the paperwork. But with the paperwork, which he d- he does indeed have, but he does not have the payment for, it will be a gold each. I give him four gold. He turns to the tiefling man and is like, looks like it's your lucky day. Better not come back with uh, without the fee next time. And the tiefling man looks at you, gaunt, still upset, and he looks ashamed that you're paying for him. Aww. Um, he lowers his head and touches his horns. Thank you very, very much. I, 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 I shan't, I shan't come through the gate again without the fee. I, I understand. And he bows to you. Thank you, Master Tiefling. Oh, that's that's really not necessary. And he raises himself back up and leaves the tent. But you can see that. Just everything's gone out of him. He's just slumped and he makes his way over towards the gate and the guards move to stop him, but then the guard that's in the tent with you gives them a symbol and they let him pass. And they go back to the sides of the tables and they start going through people's bags and belongings again. And in some cases, they seem to accept payment. In other cases, they accept goods as trade for the tolls. But he will accept a toll of three gold each from each of you in order to allow you through. So you've paid your toll, Toby. I hand over mine as well. Scraw narrows his eyes, takes out three gold. Very well. Yeah. And he throws it on the ground at the dwarf's feet and walks out of the tent. I follow him. I kneel down, pick it up and hand it to the dwarf. I act very, very timidly. The dwarf smiles. Hey, thank you. Some people just don't have the manners. I do apologize. He nods. Uh, not, not a problem at all. You, uh, best be on your way. Okay, so I shuffle out the tent along 
Toby? No one tries to stop you. You all head towards the gate, and there's some people grumble about you passing, but nobody makes a particularly large fuss. When you get to the other side of the gate, as you begin to wander into the broader areas of the outer city, you notice very quickly that someone is tailing you. And we'll cut over to Marn and Mix, who have been led to the fancy, fancy, fancy house. And indeed, when you walk into this house, it is extremely fancy. It's very ornately decorated. Everything's made with very fine wood, brought into the entryway, which is more like an entrance hall. And there's a long winding staircase that goes up one side, leading up to an upper floor. And it's almost as though the wood of the floor and the wood of the banister that goes around the staircase. It's almost like the staircase grew naturally out of the woodwork of the floor. Instead of the typical planks that you might expect to see along a staircase in a poorer person's home, if they indeed had a staircase, each one of these are finely woven vines and branches entangled and twisted together into a very ornate pattern. It's very, very pretty. It's very luxurious and it's very very over the top. Sounds like it. There was either some extremely fine crafting that went into this, or there was some very careful magic. So as you uh, walk into the hall, Imberlin turns. Now, if you would, please, if you'd be so kind, please take a seat. I'll be back with you shortly when my lord is ready for you. And he makes his way upstairs. Yeah, Mix just sits down and still kind of awing at their surroundings. Yeah, Mix has never really been anywhere that's particularly... Expensive. Yeah, expensive is definitely the word. It's definitely not the surroundings you grew up in. No, not even close. (laughs) How do you think Varen feels about this extravagance? I was just going to ask Doomsinger. Um, say Doomsinger, does this remind you of anywhere? I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, it's a rather decadent place, isn't it? Yes, it's far beyond my taste, if you ask me. It's a matter of taste. Yes, uh, it's a bit gaudy. Some people like to, you know, I, show off their I wealth. I thought this was your kind of thing. Well, no, you know, new money. <laughs> right. Nouveau riche. I'm still learning new things about you, my friend. Well, you know, when, when you grow up with it, it's you learn that people acknowledge power when they see it. People that feel the need to demonstrate it are often lacking in several departments. Mm. It's rather tasteless, if you ask me. Shows a lack of tact. Doomy, he'll hear you if you're not careful. And indeed, I hope he does. And with that, you You look up and Emberlin is standing at the top of the stairwell. If you'd uh, like to join me when you're ready. I told you so. He heard nothing. The man is a dullard. I don't think very highly of him at all, to be honest with you. No kidding. Hey, you don't think much better of him. Why am I being judged? Because of your history. I have no past. What of your history, Mix? Well, you know, I suppose some people just never grow out of it. (laughs) And then Mix goes to follow. The Doomsinger follows Mix and... I assume Murren follows also. Mm-hmm. As you all follow upstairs, and it only gets more ornate, and you just hear a dude singer behind you going, ugh. Their walls themselves appear to be grown out of wood, almost as though the walls were made out of trees. And you follow down the corridor 
to one of the doors where Umberlin is waiting. Mix is walking, but as she's walking, she's like an owl. Her head is just doing a full... She's <clears throat> absorbing it. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Now, if you would excuse me. And he steps into the room and he shuts the door behind him briefly and then opens it moments later. Mixara Invictus? Murn? Mix cringes because she never hears her full name. I would like to introduce you to Duke Tolan Silvershield. As he bows briefly and the big floppy wizard hat wobbles, but miraculously stays on his head despite the fact that he does a full bow. So you walk in after this introduction and you find in the room, you've been in a few rooms like this recently where it's furnished with bookshelves primarily. You get the sense that anytime anybody wants to display wealth in this world, it's usually with an ornate collection of books. But the bookshelves themselves are once again grown from the ground. You recall something that you may have neglected to mention to the Doomsinger and Marin. Oh. As you all walk into the room and you are faced with a half-elf. He is a half-elf who is also half-dragonborn. He has scales on his face, but they line his cheekbones like the most intense highlight. And he smiles as you enter, and it's a cold smile, a very toothy smile, and his teeth are very sharp. Greetings. It is a pleasure to have you. And his clothes are very fine. He has no hair. In fact, he has a wave of scales that run from the crown of his head back and down. Almost like a long flowing mane of hair, but it's all scales that ripple down the back of his head. And he is wearing a wooden cog wheel from a chain that hangs visibly around his neck. And he stands in greeting. I am sure Imbrillin showed you a pleasant time, I hope. Would you care for a drink? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Please, be seated. Mix. Without taking her eyes off of him, sits down. He's standing by his desk, and there are chairs. He turns to you, Marin. And you? May I offer you something? I'm good, thank you. How about you, Doomsinger? Well, I'm always partial to a wine, he says, surreptitiously hiding the leftover wine glass in his bag. I go sit down. Very well. I shall fetch us both one. And he walks over to one of the shelves that is covered in books, and he touches one of the books, and a section of them almost disapparates in front of him. And there is a fine drinks cabinet, which he reaches into, pulls out a crystal decanter, brings out two glasses, and places one in front of the Doomsinger. And it's a rich red wine. And he pours himself a glass, and he pours one for the Doomsinger. And he takes a seat in front of you. Imbrillin tells me that... Your friends could not make it. Uh, yes, they they had uh, other business to attend to. With the guild, I hear. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Correct. I will be forward with you. Our city rots at the core. If it did not, none would dare strike at such a hero as Trail Invictus. Who else but those who swear fealty to dark, evil forces could dare to raise their hands to such a radiant light. How well did you know my sister? He completely disregards your question and almost carries on. He stands up, frustrated, and turns away from you as you're saying, How well did you know my sister? There are many who have come to our city seeking refuge, and we graciously opened our doors, but they brought with them darkness, rot, unholy beliefs, and foul gods. I intend to sweep their filth from our city and restore Baldur's Gate to its proper place the way she would have wanted. And then he turns back to you. I knew her well. 
well enough to know that she did not deserve this. Well, I'd like to think most people didn't deserve that. He smirks. The people of whom I speak are in league with a cabal of thieves and ruffians and murderers. You may know them as the Guild. And if any deserve such a fate, it is them. What have they done? Their cancerous fingers reach from the gutters all the... They reach into our most exalted positions. They manipulate. They foul the very city. They corrupt our people. They destroy our economy. They disrupt our markets, our shipping. They worship deities that are not proper. They have fiendish allies. They work behind the shadows, within the courts, even within the Black Claw themselves. The Guild are a rot. They are a poison in this city. They are one that must be cut out. Are you saying the Guild has something to do with the rot? They are the rot. They are the source of all of this city's ills. They bring their refugees here. Their so-called seekers of virtue. They claim that they simply wish safety for their people, but they wish of no such thing. They wish to destroy our very way of life. What makes you so sure? I'm still not following on... How long have you been here? Clearly not long enough. Precisely. I am telling you things are as they are. Your friends have left an invitation of high honor of a friend of your sister's to convert with the people most likely behind her death. And you question me. Well, think about it this way. What if they're telling them the same about you? He seems absolutely adamant that what he is saying is nothing but the truth. And the fact that you're even questioning him is making him furious. If you do not wish to work with me... If you do not wish to hear my words, then leave my home now. I offered you an olive branch when you came here. I ensured you were released after you were taken captive for causing trouble in the streets. After the suspicion fell on you thanks to their foul deeds, I was the one who liberated you. And you come into my home. You question my very honor when you know nothing of our city. I seek only to educate you as quickly as possible so you do not fall into the same foul trap that your friends have fallen prey to. Look, I'm not trying to disrespect you, not trying to insult you, but we, we don't have any proof. Y you could be telling all of this to us and... <laughs> I do not have time for this. Well, maybe I don't have time for you. Then perhaps you should leave. <laughs> We're done here. But I stand up. Please, everybody, just calm down. Mix, I... In Berlin, we are wasting our time. Remove them, please. And he turns to the window, and in Berlin approaches. Well, it seems this went about as well as we could have expected. I thought after our conversation at the tavern, you had changed your mind, but I suppose not. Please, follow me. Mix crosses her arms and follows him. And I get up and leave. In Berlin leads you out of the room, 
Doomsinger follows, and you are led out of the front door, and Imberlin stands inside with the door open, gestures for you to leave. Whilst crossing the door, Mix turns to Imberlin and looks at him and look, I want to help. I want to figure out what happened, but- Then perhaps you should consider who you are talking to before you open your mouth. And he closes the door. Mix kicks the door. Not to kick it down, she kicks it as hard as she can. You kick the door, roll a constitution save. Is it a magical door? It is a magically warded door. You fly back 30 feet. Jeez. And hit the wall on the other side of the street. I guess we'll cut back to Urbach and Toby and see how they're going on. But that will have to wait until next week. Because that's all we have time for. Thanks once again for joining us. If you'd like to find us on social media and beyond, head over to our link tree to https colon forward slash forward slash link tr.ee forward slash dark dragons in, where you can find us, well, everywhere. Until next time, travel safe, and remember, in this realm or the next, the scales of justice are here for you. Always. Always.